We are so excited to announce that our book, Moving to Colorado, is available for purchase on Amazon. If you are thinking of moving to Colorado or know someone who is, this book is the perfect resource. You will find answers to questions like what are the best neighborhoods, what are the best jobs available, and what is the average cost of living. Moving to Colorado should be fun and exciting, not stressful and full of unknowns. Use this book as a blueprint for a broad range of information about housing, neighborhoods, culture, lifestyle, taxes, employment, and even the weather. It's complete with research, details, and personal experience from both a newcomer and native's perspectives. Moving to Colorado, a guide for what it costs and where to live on the front range, will help you reduce the unknowns so you can plan your move with ease. Go to hashtag coloradolife.com book to get your copy on Amazon. Did you know, by the end of the 1890s, Nikola Tesla had come to the conclusion that it might be possible to transmit electricity without wires in high-altitude environments. Thus, he moved to Colorado Springs in 1899, becoming one of its most famous residents, with the El Paso County Power Company providing him with free electricity to pursue his ideas and inventions. He built a Tesla coil that operated in megavolts, and one megavolt is one million volt, and yes, that was megavolts with an S, and he inadvertently burned out the generator at the power company, causing a power outage. I'm Ryan, a born and raised Colorado native. I'm Carrie, a Texas transplant and a Colorado newcomer. And we're a married couple living along the Front Range in Colorado. And this is the Hashtag Colorado Life Podcast, where we share accessible adventures to help you explore like a local. In this episode, we are talking about visiting Colorado Springs in 48 hours. And Colorado Springs is actually the second largest city in the state and is about 60 miles south of Denver with the highest elevation of the cities along the Front Range. If you only had 48 hours to spend here, where would you go, what would you eat, and what would you do? This is part of our 48-hour series. Be sure to check out our other additions to the 48 hours in Denver and 48 hours in Boulder episodes. Now, Colorado Springs can be quite a mouthful and a lot to say, uh, so locals usually just call it COS or the Springs. This is actually the city where we live, so we better get this one right. Yes, and I do want to preface this by saying we do not include the Manitou Incline in our list here of things that we recommend you doing uh, within 48 hours of visiting, even though it is super popular on a lot of other lists. So if you've been doing some research on what you want to do and planning your trip to Colorado Springs, you've probably seen the Manitou Incline. We do not recommend that you put that on your list Um, unless you're used to the altitude and unless you visited Colorado a lot or ridiculously or are ridiculously in shape, then that's probably not an activity you're going to enjoy. Um, We have a whole episode about the Manitou Incline that I did and I trained for. And even after six months of doing it, I wasn't able to complete the whole thing. It's very strenuous on your body. We also have an episode on altitude sickness. So if you're coming from a lowland state, definitely check out that episode and how to avoid altitude sickness because we're just so high up here. So some background. Um, we do live in Colorado Springs as locals. This is actually the city that I was born and raised in. And I actually moved away after high school, lived all over the country, and eventually came back. It's like a black hole. I would say twilight zone. Twilight zone, yeah. Yeah. The city itself is set right below America's Mountain, a.k.a. Pikes Peak, which is Purple Mountain Majesty in the song. And on the other side, you can say, yeah, I wanted to sing it. And now it's going to be stuck in everybody's head. (laughs) The city has a strong military presence with Air Force Academy, uh, Fort Carson, Peterson Air Force Base, Schriever Air Force Base, and Cheyenne Mountain, where North American Aerospace Defense Command, a.k.a. NORAD, was located during the Cold War. 
First off, Colorado Springs has its own airport. It's definitely smaller, more of a regional airport, but it's really nice and they've been doing a lot of updates to it. You actually get in and out of the airport really quickly because it's not an international Just airport. Just one terminal, yeah. So it's super fast and easy. It doesn't offer direct flights from cities really far away, but you'll definitely be able to get some direct flights from, let's say, like Las Vegas or other Midwest cities. Sometimes it's cheaper to fly into Denver International Airport, DIA, and then just drive down to Colorado Springs. Yeah, the destination makes it really easy to get to. It doesn't matter if you're coming from neighborhood, you know, states or you're doing a cross-country road trip or something like that. Um, we do road trips all the time and getting in and out of the springs, it, ha it has a nice freeway right there, so it's super simple. So the way that I would actually recommend getting around in Colorado Springs, if you didn't drive here yourself and you flew in, the Springs is actually a pretty big city geographically. It's very, very spread out. And we actually have kind of poopy public transit. So it's actually easier to just drive yourself because the size of the city itself, Ubers and Lyfts and taxis could actually get pretty pricey. Um, another reason that you'd actually want to have your own car in this sort of situation is that a lot of Colorado Springs activities are actually going to be outdoors and they're certainly going to be in the mountains where you're not necessarily going to have reception mm -hmm. or a way to call. So you don't want to like get an Uber up there and then you're like, I'll just call an Uber and you got no signal. Mm -mm. So the best bet is actually just drive yourself and be self-reliant. Renting a car. Yeah. yeah. So now that you're coming to Colorado Springs, where are the best places to stay? We're going to start with downtown. And we actually break up day one and day two for our 48 hours into where you can stay and things to do in the downtown area. And then we spread out a little bit after that and give you options all around the city. Downtown would probably give you the easiest access to stuff to do within walking distance. It's a really good place to stay if you don't have a vehicle and you are here for, let's just say, 24 hours. There will be a lot to do nearby and definitely walkable. Downtown is very centrally located. Uh, it'll be near the zoo, and it won't be too far away from other attractions, outdoors, and pretty close to the mountains. The Mining Exchange is a really nice hotel there. It was built in 1902 and was the first building downtown to rise over four stories high. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> um, the building's purpose was to house the Colorado Springs Mining Exchange and promote regional mining companies and their stock. Uh, it successfully intertwines the historic charm and modern day comforts and has about 117 luxury guest suites and rooms to choose from. Another place to stay that isn't necessarily downtown, but it certainly is nearby, is the Broadmoor. This could be considered a destination in its own right with all that it has to offer. We could actually even do an entire episode about this place on it by itself. Mm -hmm. um, it's actually designed to look like a European lakeside village, uh, complete with its own artificial lake. It's based at the foot of Cheyenne Mountain, and if there is one word that I could use to describe this place, it would be luxury. Yeah, we like to go here every Christmas and walk around the lake and enjoy the light displays that they have. They usually also have some sort of rendition of a gingerbread something. So it, like in this case, a couple years ago, it was a full-size train locomotive out of gingerbread with a Santa inside out of all edible things that you can eat. Yeah. It was pretty crazy cool. Holiday Inn Express is another one that we enjoy staying at no matter where we are. Um, it has a lot of chains all over the U.S. It's pretty consistent anywhere that you go and stay. You can you know what to expect, and it's reasonably priced, great for kids and families. You don't have to pay for parking. You get free breakfast, and it gives you an opportunity to spend your money elsewhere on the trip. 
So the Great Wolf Lodge in Northern COS is actually a really great place if you are bringing your kids in. Uh, it's kind of a destination as well in its own right, kind of similar to the Broadmoor. It has an indoor water park, it has bowling, rock climbing wall, mini golf, huge arcade, and has like five places to eat, so you have plenty of options. Uh, it's definitely a place that I wish that I had access to as a kid because my parents would be like, Ryan, we're going on a vacation. I'd be like, yeah. And then we'd go to a hotel in Denver for a night. And I thought it was the greatest. It's fun, yeah. And something like this would just make it 10 times better. And a little bit further from downtown, if you wanted to stay in Manitou, uh, would actually be the Cliff House. That would be my recommendation. It's this old, old, old building. It's made out of wood. It was burned down a couple times, um, rebuilt in the past 30 years or so. It makes me think of like a mansion sort of, or one of those like old estates. Yeah, definitely an estate. That's a great way to, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's definitely an estate. It's definitely a big house. It has a lot of rooms, probably like four stories, has like towers and turrets and all that. So it looks old, but it's very updated and has a lot of great modern amenities inside. So it's a really cool place to go and like get on, put on that complimentary robe and just Mm -hmm. lounge around and eat the pillow chocolates. (laughs) So let's start off with breakfast. We recommend Denver Biscuit Co. We always say this about a lot of the, you know, really good brunch places that are in Colorado. This is at the top of our list, but it's rightfully so. It used to be a food truck that started off in Denver, and it has a location in downtown Colorado Springs here. Um, The sandwiches, the biscuit sandwiches that they have are so big that you basically need to unhinge your jaw to eat them. They come with a knife and fork. They're known, well-known, for their biscuits and gravy, and I mean, if you're going to be called the biscuit company, your biscuits better be good, and they are. Um, If you are vegetarian and you don't want to have their biscuits and sausage gravy, they have a mushroom gravy that basically rivals it. I would say it could be even better. Yeah, we would go there just to have that too, and it's really great on everything, and you can get all different kinds of options. And if you don't like biscuits and gravy, there is other options, but they are more like um, chicken pot pie and other things related to that. Yeah. Next up downtown is the Odyssey Gastropub. A gastropub is actually, well, number one, it's a pub, and then gastro, suffix, or whatever, means food. So anyway, it's a pub where you can eat some really good food, and typically they're just kind of built to make, like, you know, a good place to get libations, to get drinks and stuff like that, but they have really good, cheap, easy, delicious food that's available. Um, And here at Odyssey Gastropub, it's actually a really quirky little place. It's actually near another place that we're going to mention, but they have like desk lamps hanging from the ceiling, makes it kind of quirky. And their brunch menu is actually pretty standard, but it doesn't mean it's not yummy. It has one of my all-time favorite things, which is corned beef hash. And it's not just like open up the corned beef from a can, it's like corned beef that was slow roasted and cooked. Nice. One of my favorite things with hollandaise. Oh. They also have eggs bennies, and actually one of my true joys in life is chicken and waffles. Urban Egg, it actually has several locations in Colorado Springs, with this one being downtown. They are known for many Colorado-specific dishes and ingredients, and we recommend the award-winning Sage Biscuits and Gravy. It is seriously some of the best you will ever have. Um, the biscuits are totally different than like Denver Biscuit Co. because they're not, they're obviously not the same recipe and all that. So you're getting totally different, you know, options. They also have a really good um, avocado toast and fruit toast, and uh, we've had pancakes and waffles and all kinds of stuff that they serve there. It's delicious. And they actually have my favorite hollandaise of any of the brunch restaurants. I found their hollandaise is really buttery and really rich and really yummy. So some after breakfast activities after you're feeling a little bit more energized would be get more energized with some coffee. Mm -hmm. 
A really great place that's nestled right downtown is Loyal Coffee. And it was recently opened here in Colorado Springs. It's a really nice place to drink or to work. The atmosphere is really calming and the decor is really nice. They have some seriously yummy chai lattes. Uh, but one of the things that I like is that it's barista owned. It's, it's a really nice atmosphere and very friendly, family friendly. There's the perk downtown and has a really nice second story uh, view of downtown and of all the shops around. And you can actually go get a really, really good cinnamon roll that's about the size of my head. And if you don't know how big my head is, it's very big. <laughs> really good cinnamon rolls, like you said, and they're really delicious. Um, you can also choose from a wide variety of any kind of milks that you want to put in your coffee or tea, from oat milk or soy milk or anything. So there's lots of different options there. Blank Coffee Food is another great one. This place actually has really good donuts and toast in addition to their coffee and tea. They're open daily from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. And one of the things that we really like is the different toasts that they have. They have like a salmon lox toast, avocado toast, some fruit toast, and they mix them with all the different kinds of ingredients from peanut butters, and they have a nice side salad with them. And it's really delicious to have at brunch or lunchtime. And the building itself is actually really cool. The, the way that it's laid out inside is kind of unique. You could like go upstairs and hang out in the loft. It's, it's a very interesting place. It's very fun. And if you overlook the kitchen from the loft, you can see how they make some stuff. That's true. Mm -hmm. The Yellow Mountain Tea House is in Old Colorado City, and this is a traditional Chinese tea house with tons and tons of organic teas to choose from. You basically walk in and let them know that you're looking for a traditional Chinese tea ceremony at your table. It costs about $5 per person. You choose your own tea, and then they bring it to your table with the the Chinese set that they have and they brew it right there for you and then pour it into your little cup and it's really really nice and, and very traditional. If coffee and tea isn't your thing then check out the Olympic Training Center. This is one of two training centers in the country with the other one being in Lake Placid, New York and this is a great location for an Olympic Training Center because of the elevation. It actually helps the athletes blood thicken so that when they go down to lower elevation that thicker blood will carry more oxygen and help them compete at even higher higher levels than they were anywhere else. And the Olympic Training Center is enormous. It is huge. It can house over 500 athletes there at any time. Um, it has multiple swimming pools. It has shooting ranges. It has everything for anybody who wants to compete and learn how to do it. They, they offer tours, and it's a great place to learn how America kicks butt every time at the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> And a funny little side thing is that COS, as of 2008, was actually the fittest city in the country. And by 2016, we were ranked 8th. And then now we're nowhere near the top. Mm. And around 2008, I remember hearing about this report. This is not, I don't know if this is factual, but I swear that they were like, yeah, it had something to do with Krispy Kreme moving in. Oh, that would do it. <laughs> yeah. Another option is to go to downtown Old Colorado City. This is basically a suburb inside Colorado Springs, and we have an entire podcast episode about exploring Old Colorado City that you should definitely check out. But down there, they have the original Rocky Mountain Chocolate Factory with chocolate. Obviously, you can take tours in there. There's shops, local restaurants, uh, free art walks that happen frequently, and there's lots of history that happens down there and a lot of really cool architecture. Basically, this was the original place where they wanted to put the capital of Colorado. So it has a really nice courthouse that was the original place for the capital down there with a lot of um, history that you can read and learn about. It's also close to Red Rock Canyon open space, which is great for hiking and totally free. You can um, check that out with your you know kids and your dogs and pets and stuff. It's not too steep. Um, it's pretty flat and some areas but then there it does get a little bit steep if you go all the way around the other side of where it gets a little bit mountainous but it's a really good nice hike 
For lunch in the springs, I would actually hit up Lucky Dumpling first. This is actually owned by local renowned chef, Brother Luck, who has competed in multiple seasons of Top Chef. Um, he has lots of dumplings, big shakarino there. But Brother Luck actually has been all over Asia, and he really liked Japan particularly, and he learned kind of the craft of uh, dumplings and how to do them regional combinations, and he kind of brings it, and he brings in his own kind of Southwest Colorado flair into it. And I think the reason why it's called Lucky Dumpling is because in Chinese culture, the number 13 is actually lucky, and they try to get 13 little folds at the top of each of the dumplings. And his last name is Luck. So well, that too. Maybe it kind of just goes with it. It just works out that All way. All of it's lucky. <laughs> Dos Santos is another great option. It's an elevated taco place with lots of different options. They have really nice fresh teas and limeades there. And it also is next door to the Frozen Gold, which is an ice cream shop that is connected to it. Um, it's really funny because a lot of the places that we mention here are connected to each other downtown. So if you don't like this place or you want to try something else or you have a lot of people who are visiting with you, then you can try all of these different places. They're right next to each other and you can just explore the different food that they have available. And tacos, I think, are just inherently kind of fresh. Mm -hmm. So it's a really great place to go in the summertime and then hit up that frozen gold right next door. Mm -hmm. It sounds like a great date night. Streetcar 520 is also near here. It's a worldly pub food place, and it has a really great menu, super large variety of stuff you can choose from. There's Asian-inspired things. There's some Indian uh, burgers, all kinds of stuff that you can try if you have, uh, you know, different things you want to eat. It has a weekend brunch menu that they offer, as well as vegetarian, vegan, and gluten-free friendly options. Jack's Fish House and Oyster Bar is actually downtown as well. Opened in the springs in January 2020. Uh, it's got really delicious sustainable seafood, which is pretty important nowadays, in my opinion. It has a large raw bar and lots of oysters that are flown in fresh every day, and even caviar options. Um, and you have to know that if it's known for being really good seafood in a landlocked state like Colorado, it's going to have to be good. Mm -hmm. And the prices are actually pretty competitive for actually food having to be flown in like this. Some after lunch activities are the Money Museum. You can go here and learn about the history of money and see special exhibits like Money Through the Ages. Kids can also learn about how coins were made from the 1500s to the 1800s. Memorial Park is a really great park to check out. It's right on the other side of downtown Colorado Springs. It has an indoor ice skating rink that's open all year long, a nice big lake, and tons of oak, green open space that you can explore, and a little park that kids can have fun at. It also has a skate park where you can do like BMX and skate tricks and... Things that you can break your face with. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah. It's actually where Tesla's experimental station was when he was here in the city. Um, his lab was, quote, in his notes, way out in the prairie, nearby nothing. <laughs> And now it's in the middle of the city. Yeah, seriously. That's it's how like big it is. right downtown. Yeah. You can go out to Memorial Park and see the marker of where his lab actually used to be. At this point, you're probably ready for dinner. So we suggest going to Four by Brother Luck. And everything here at Brother Luck's place is based on the number four. So you get a four course meal based on either the hunter, the gatherer, the farmer, or the fisherman. And you can kind of change up everything that you want to do. It's really great, amazing food. It's awesome place to go for a date night and he definitely has his like southwest flair and has a great rotating menu so anytime you go there any time of the year you'll definitely get something unique and something very special 
Rasta pasta is another option. Um, it's creative Caribbean pasta that has a lots of different spices and some heat in some of their dishes. They have a full bar featuring Jamaican beer and rum. They do also have vegetarian, vegan, and gluten-free options if you're into that. And it is right along Tejon Street. And this is something we're going to be suggesting all day long here on day one is just stay on Tejon and walk around and do fun stuff and be able to check out all the different things that are here. So this is one of the favorites that locals love. You can't go wrong with it. But actually at Rasta Pasta, we went there with one of my friends a few years ago, and he is not somebody who can handle spice at all. And he ordered the least spicy thing on the menu, with no spice added to it, and his nose was like dripping, his face was red, <laughs> he was just being a big baby. That's not to say that there are not options on there that are great for kids or anybody who doesn't like spice, yeah. that just means he does, you know, he thinks the bell pepper's hot. So Zach, so. if you're listening, <laughs> you big baby. Oscar Blue's Grill downtown is a really great place to get some Cajun food. They have crawdads, shrimp, burgers, blackened chicken. They got spicy stuff that makes you want to just, you know, suck up all that booze, that beer that they have from their own Oscar Blue Brewery. Uh, they have really good beer. It's an awesome place to check out. Fat Sully's Pizza. Um, is This is a unique one because at night, Denver Biscuit Company turns into Fat Sully's Pizza. So they share the kitchen, they share the dining room, and it's really good, straightforward pizza. You can buy it by the slice or the pie. You can customize your own toppings with tons of fresh ingredients. There's lots to choose from. They have a special where you can get $5 slice and beer when you dine in after 9 p.m. on weekends. So after dinner and into the night, the first place I would suggest would be Cork and Cask. It is right next to Dos Santos and Fat Solis. Like we said, everything's going to be all in one spot. It's really cool because all of the buildings are connected. So you can walk through Fat Solis, through Frozen Gold, and get to Dos Santos and Cork and Cask. So it's all connected. They do have their own entrances, of course. But you can walk from one to the other to the other and never leave the building. Cork and Cask is known for its upscale whiskey bar. Um, with that delicious brown nectar of the gods from all over the world. They have stuff from Scotland, America, Ireland, Japan, India, France, Taiwan, Canada, and of course, local Colorado whiskeys. I didn't even know this many whiskeys existed around the world. Mm -hmm. They don't have like a huge amount of food options. It wouldn't be a place to go to eat, but they have some like little finger foods and little things that you can snack on, uh, like a charcuterie board and little olives, stuff like that. And some sweets and small desserts. Yeah, but they're list of whiskey and scotches is extensive. We also suggest just going for a walk down Tejon Street. So this is the whole downtown area. There's lots to see here. The weather in Colorado is usually really nice. It's, it's especially in the summer, it's not too hot. Uh, in the winter, it can get a little chilly or the fall, but you can just, you know, put on some nice layers and go for a nice walk. It's pretty much great to enjoy any time of day. There's something to see and always something to do downtown. Pretty much any place that you go into along Tejon will offer something unique and something good. So it's a fun place to go bar hopping or to go restaurant hopping or just like try everything one after the other after the other. The Black Sheep Concert Hall here in Colorado Springs is actually a really awesome place to see some celebrities and some people that you have never heard of. Here in Colorado Springs, it is the place to go to for a show and they have them nightly. You might see someone you know, might see someone that you don't, but I guarantee that it'll be worth it. All right, so now that you have had a full day one, let's move on to day two, starting off with some breakfast options. Mountain Shadow Restaurant is not too far away from COS. It's actually in old Colorado City, and it's a staple that's been here since I was a kid, offering enormous portions of really good food. They have the typical sort of diner breakfast stuff that definitely focuses actually more Southwest style food the with like chili rianos and chili smothered burritos. 
Um, it's really friendly. They have some great mimosas, Irish coffee, and really good Bloody Marys. And it's quite a quaint little place. It's actually built into a house, and dare I call it cute? Nice. First watch is going to be another recommendation of ours. We always enjoy going here. It has stuff on the menu like million dollar bacon and really good pancakes. A very classic sort of breakfast place, but it has a really farmhouse chic feel when you walk in with the decor. Really great seasonal dishes and a rotating menu, so you can always find something new any time of year. Um, I personally love like their harvest pancakes that come out around the fall. They also have really great like lemon and, and strawberry dishes that come out during the spring. The Garden of the Gods Market and Cafe is only a five-minute drive from Garden of the Gods itself. Big shock there. So it's a great place to fuel up before a day of being outside. Uh, it has a little market attached inside, and it sells mostly Colorado local things, like some local pickles, some local sodas, sauces, and they have a large variety of fresh-made pastries to take you to take with you along your day. After breakfast coffee, we're only going to recommend one thing because we feel like it's a must-try, and that is Dutch Brothers Coffee. So you basically can't come to Colorado at all, but especially Colorado Springs, without trying Dutch Bros Coffee. It has some of the most customizable drinks and a giant menu, like the biggest we've ever seen, um, and there's so many things to choose from. Even if you don't like coffee, they have tea and lemonade and mixers and all kinds of stuff that you can try. Um, I recommend that you check out their website uh, menu so you can kind of look and see what you want before you get there. You can drive through their drive through or walk up to their coffee shop area and they have a giant menu there that you can choose from. And you can also ask them what they recommend because there's a secret menu and there's all kinds of stuff. You can basically just do whatever you want and mix and match. Moving on to some morning activities, the very first one I would suggest would be the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo. I love the zoo. It is my favorite zoo in the country. Uh, a lot of small towns can kind of have like a zoo that just is like little cages and, you know, they don't have like a huge variety of animals to see or, or stuff to like draw you in. This zoo is actually on the mountain itself, so it gives you amazing views of Colorado Springs. And it's not small at all no, or it's any of not. those things. It is enormous. They have a lot of animals. They have huge enclosures for them. And it's definitely something I would suggest to do in the morning because in the afternoon, the sun can definitely go behind the mountain, casting a big old shadow and causing it to get pretty chilly. But it is definitely a place that I would recommend. And bring your walking shoes because it can be kind of a hike. They're known for their popular giraffes and the ability to feed the giraffes, which is a really cool and kind of weird experience, you know, Being getting slobbered licked on by a giraffe. A giant purple <laughs> but tongue. But it's really fun for kids. Garden of the Gods is another absolutely must-see when you basically Google or you're probably planning your trip to Colorado Springs, you've probably seen pictures of Garden of the Gods. You can drive through the area here in your car or you can stop, pull over at one of the parking lots and go for a nice hike. It's really great for out-of-towners, especially if you're not used to the altitude because a lot of the hikes and hiking trails are flat or mostly flat. Um, some of them are paved, some of them are just gravel, but it's really, I would say, low impact for people who are wanting to hike and have a good time. Um, the visitor center is also really great to check out there. They have an entire map of the whole place, so you can sort of map out your hike and where you want to go. You can get maps to take with you on the hike, so you can explore everything. And then they have a little museum in there that you can also see the different kinds of wildlife because, you know, there is quite a lot of wildlife in Colorado Springs. Uh, we've driven around a lot in the past couple of years that we've lived here and seen all kinds of elk and moose and uh, you know there's bears and everything else of foxes that live here so there's lots of different animals you can learn from at the museum there 
I would recommend going for a drive around Garden of the Gods first because it is a giant loop. You could kind of just mm-hmm. make the loop, figure out which place you want to stop at, and then stop to make the hike. And pictures. And Because you will want to get out and take pictures because yeah. it literally takes your breath away. Yeah. The first, the, since it's a loop, you'll come around this first corner and you will just be in total awe. Yeah. You got to see it. Hellenhemt Falls would be the next thing that I would hit. You can go for a really nice little hike at the top of North Cheyenne Canyon, which is where Hellenhemt Falls is. You kind of go along uh, the waterfall that is right beside you. And when you get to the top, you have amazing views of the canyon below you and of Colorado Springs just like sprawled out below. It's not an easy hike. I would consider it like moderate to more difficult because it's all stairs. Basically, the entire hike is stairs up the mountain that, you know, people have installed there to make it easier to hike. So if you have, you know, maybe bad knees or bad ankles or something like that or problems with altitude, you may not want to hit this one up. There is actually a little history museum and gift shop at the bottom. So you can check that out even if you want to just go see and take some pictures down and you don't have to climb the whole thing. There's also Star Kemp's metal sculptures here in Colorado Springs. Uh, the artist Star Kemp created monumentally magnificent, metallurgically mindful metal masterpieces. <laughs> I wrote that out. <laughs> Many of them are birds and weather vanes, and most of them are actually these big pieces that are kinetic, so they move in the wind, and sometimes when they move, they actually make music. The property is privately owned by the family. Uh, So you can't really go onto it to see it, but it is impossible to not see these sculptures as most of them are over 50 feet tall. So it's about a 10 minute drive off of the interstate up into uh, Cheyenne Mountain. Some great lunch options. One of them is La Baguette, which is in old Colorado City. They are a really quaint, cute French bakery, and they have amazing sandwiches and soups. They're actually known for their French onion soups. We recommend trying that out. You can actually order a nice, fresh baguette to go, very French style. And if you're known for just French onion soup, which is just like, you know, onions in soup, better be good. And it is. It's Mm -hmm. super yummy. Pig Latin Casina was actually a food truck that they have now turned into and have a brick and mortar shop. And it's really delicious Caribbean and Latin food. We recommend getting the Pig Latin plate, which is a good amount of food for your money. And they have a lot of different options that you can choose from. They have a Cubano and Plantain Nachos. Really fun fact is that it's right up the street from us. So if you come here and check out Pig Latin, you'll be right near hashtag Colorado Life. L&L Barbecue is up on our list and it is Hawaiian barbecue, which is one of my favorite things in the world. Um, I actually lived in Hawaii right after high school. And every time I go to L&L, it just brings me back. That smell, the taste, everything that they have just makes me think of back then. Uh, Again, like we said, with the huge amount of military population that lives here, a lot of people end up being stationed in Hawaii or going there for some portion of their career in the military. So it was kind of like a no-brainer for L&L to open up a shop here. And it is always continuously popular. They have really good, really reasonably priced food that will just blow your mind if you've never had anything like this before. And they serve it to you in a to-go box. So you can take it with you anywhere and you can also have lots of leftovers. It's a ton of food. It's all part of the experience to get it in that styrofoam tray. Yep. One thing I wanted to point out is that Colorado Springs has a very budding food truck scene. And so one of our recommendations is the Go Fish food truck, which obviously serves things like fish tacos and other fish dishes. They recently started serving beignets, which are really good, super delicious New Orleans style donuts. If you haven't ever had one, you should definitely try it out. Lucy I'm Home is another food truck. They have some of the best Cuban sandwiches 
I think we've ever eaten, also serve really good empanadas, and everything keeps really well for leftovers too. Um, instead of just hitting up the food truck, they now have a brick and mortar location on North Circle Drive. Some honorable mentions that are definitely noteworthy for lunch would be Leon Jesse's. Uh, it is a delicious New York style pizza place where you could go get a really good deal for like seven bucks of a big old slice of pizza, a really good salad, and a drink. And then right next door is BJ's Ice Cream, which is really good ice cream, has all the toppings, all the fixins that you could ever want, but you can always find this place because the outrageous line in the middle of summer. Mm-hmm. Moving on to after lunch activities, we recommend hitting up Manitou Springs downtown. My favorite place downtown Manitou is the Penny Arcade. They have a lot of retro stuff like ski ball, pinball, boxing machines, pool tables, air hockey, shops all over the place. And when we say Penny Arcade, we mean like, you know, it only costs a penny to play some of the games and some of the other games are five cents or 10 cents. So it's a really fun retro place to kind of go back to when you were a kid and show your kids how to enjoy an arcade. There's also a lot of local shops and really great places to check out. Uh, Salas is here in downtown, which we've mentioned on other episodes, which is one of my favorite sort of bath and body places to go. Um, It's what's considered the hippie haven. There's chocolate shops available there, all kinds of quirky different things you can look at. And there's some comic book stores and other stuff like that. And a side note is that Manitou Springs is the only place in the Colorado Springs area where you can get recreational pot. So if you come in here and you're looking to do that, that is going to be the one place you're going to hit up. Another post-lunch activity that I would suggest would be hitting up the Broadmoor. We mentioned this in the where to stay portion of this episode, but it really is worth going and just seeing, even if you're not staying here. You can go walk around for free, go look around and see what you're missing out in that outrageous luxury hotel, walk around the man-made lake, and just see everything that the entire grounds has to offer. And if you're into golfing, go see if you can't hit nine holes here. The Broadmoor is actually situated on a giant golf course, so it's like this really nice big estate that is very well upkept, and it's really beautiful just to walk around and have a nice time. There's the May Natural History Museum, which has a collection of nearly 8,000 bug specimens from all around the world, including beetles, centipedes, spiders, scorpions, and butterflies. Uh, And I actually think that this helped me not be scared of bugs as a kid, because I came here so many times. The size of this collection itself is quite impressive to begin with, but then when you consider that each display has multiple, like, bugs in it, you really start to feel the enormity of how big this collection is and how many bugs there are in the world. Mm -hmm. So if you're not into creepy crawlies, this might be the place to avoid. The Cliff Dwellings Museum is a recreation of the dwellings from Southwest Colorado in Cortez, Colorado, and it's a walk-through live museum. So it's these really big cliff dwellings that have been recreated and put there so you can learn about the different history. There's also local plants and the wildlife and everything that you can learn about from back then. And at the end of the, the museum tour, there's a gift shop with a lot more to see there, a lot of history available for what it was like to live in a cliff dwelling back then. Yeah, all of the Native Americans literally lived in a cliff dwelling. Like, we're calling it cliff dwelling, and it doesn't sound interesting until you break Mm -hmm. down the word, and it is dwellings within a cliff. It's so cool. Definitely check it out. Yeah, it's interesting to see some of their huts and and some of the dwellings that they have of how they made food. And some of the places were really small to get in and out of. You have to climb up on this ladder to get there because, you know, modern day people are not very as agile as as they used to be. So it's a really cool experience. 
Literally right nearby the cliff dwellings is Cave of the Winds. The cave has a lot of little openings that nobody really knows where all of them are, and when the wind rushes by, it actually makes like a whistling noise, so there's always like a breeze within the cave, and there's always a sort of like little hum happening from the wind. They offer three levels of tours. They have the Discovery Tour, which is just the standard paved walk uh, along inside the cave. You see multiple little rooms within the cave, and it's lit. Then they have the Lantern Tour, and it's how the cave was explored back in the day before they had any flashlights or anything. And it's all done by candlelight and lanterns. And then they have Caving 101, and it's down and dirty where you walk, climb, and crawl through wet and muddy passages. No. Mm -mm. Feeling claustrophobic just talking about it, yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> If you're not a fan of being claustrophobic and you prefer to have some fresh air, there's definitely some outdoor stuff. You have the zipline tours, um, the batapult, and the terror dactyl, which are all adrenaline-inducing rides over the cliff and the canyon below. Nope. Again, no thanks. Not going there. All right, moving on to dinner. You should check out Konami Sushi. It's a tiny hole in the wall. sits about, you know, 10 to 15 people max. And the owner slash chef is really well-trained, very good at what he does. He offers super fresh fish and really delicious sushi. It's one of those places you kind of want to keep a secret because it's a local favorite, but we're sharing it with you so that hopefully you can have a great experience. Colorado's airplane restaurant is definitely a place that will draw in those aviation buffs. The restaurant itself is made from a Boeing KC-97 tanker, uh, one of the largest propeller-driven aircrafts ever made. It was fused with the restaurant next door and it creates a dual terminal and airplane dining room. The crew thanks you for flying and then acts as your waitstaff throughout the rest of your evening. And you can go through it and kind of look at everything that is in the plane. You can go sit in the cockpit and then you can go look and see the back where the tanker would release the long hose that would refill planes within flight. So you get an idea of how to do it. Restaurant 1858 is actually operated by the Broadmoor and is situated at the banks of the Seven Falls. It has authentic cuisine in a setting of hand-hewn wood and stone with a really historic feel. There are lots of old-time photographs and artwork on the walls that you can learn about the history of the area at that time. And you can even eat outside near the waterfalls. After dinner, I would suggest going and doing something kind of spooky, and it would be go up Gold Camp Road and see some of the tunnels. They're actually supposed to be haunted by the workers who constructed the tunnels in the late 1800s. And folklore says that there was a school bus of children that were killed going through one of the tunnels many, many years ago. I know that there's like the power of the human mind when you know this sort of stuff, and it can really play some tricks on you. But it's said that you can hear children laughing and small handprints that will appear on your car. And a couple of the tunnels are kind of ominous because there's a black iron fence outside the tunnel that spookily just says, keep out. And there's like claw marks on them. No joke. Mm, mm -mm. So to get here, just follow Gold Camp Road all the way up. Um, it's not something that you want to drive in a car, but if you have a truck, feel free to do it, or you can hike up. Um, just go until it no longer is paved and you start to see the tunnels. It is very narrow, and you might have places where only one car could pass at a time. Some other honorable mention recommendations that we heard from people who shared over on Instagram is the FH Beer Works East Brewery and the Gold Camp Brewing Company. It has bar games and live music and speedy service. So if you're looking for a really good beer and you want that on day two to relax, check those out. All right, at the end of every show, we like to sum it up with a tip for finding free or affordable activities in Colorado. And this is our frugal on the front range section. 
There are actually tons of free things to do in Colorado Springs from going hiking to art walks and indoor and outdoor festivals. But one recommendation we really feel like you should check out is the Air Force Academy Visitor Center. It is a 35,000 square foot facility offering information about the United States Air Force Academy, including films and exhibits on cadet life and the history of the academy. The grounds are really picturesque and they're nestled right next to the mountains. And there's lots of pathways and things that you can hike up from the visitor center to the academy area. The visitor center itself is open for free to visitors from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. daily. All right, that pretty much sums up this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And to learn more about this episode and the resources that we shared, visit our website, hashtag coloradolife.com. And if you like the show, please leave us a review. It helps us get discovered by new listeners, and we love to hear what episodes you enjoy. And if you end up visiting Colorado Springs, hit us up on Instagram at hashtag coloradolife and let us know what you really enjoyed and what you liked. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, get out there and explore our beautiful state.